Welcome back to Just James Horror Reviews. I'm your host, Just James. Today is episode four, and we are going to be talking about the movie Anything for Jackson, a 2020 film. I watched it on Shudder. You can watch it too. Up front, loved the film, thought it was funny, also scary, gore, jump scares, everything you could want in a horror movie. Not super serious, but deals with a couple of serious topics. I guess you could get into it a little deeper mentally if you wanted to, but overall, a fun watch. The writer is Keith Cooper with director Justin. His last name is uh, D-Y-C-K. So, I don't know how you would pronounce that, but I would not know... So I looked up a little website called pronouncenames.com, and pronouncenames.com says that we should pronounce that as Dyke. So I guess like the Dick Van Dyke show, but there's no E at the end, so I was confused. So Justin Dyke, he's the director. Looking up these two guys, they've done a lot of, believe it or not, especially if you've seen the movie already, this might be kind of funny, they've done a whole lot of made-for-TV Christmas movies. You know, the things that you're aunt watches uh on the hallmark channel you know or your stepmom or maybe your dad i don't know i've i've watched some not gonna lie so they've created tons of these as writers and directors uh looked on wikipedia and it actually mentions this and it says that the director did that a lot to get experience and to get money so that he could make this film well it looked like he created about 30 of them if not more so i don't know how much money you get off those but i you know He's done a lot, so he's got a lot of experience. And I really think that doing those types of movies shows through in this film. I think it kind of helps give it a certain uh, aesthetic uh, that 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 really that has a it's a real undertone in the movie. And if you didn't know that, you would think something you notice something, but you don't know what it is. But now that you know that, watching it, you can kind of see the way that we the way they use the colors. Um, and other stuff, I'll talk about that later because I really want to talk about the the cinematography and, the, and the, the art that's in this movie. Really one of my favorite parts. So, this is essentially a reverse exorcism story. What does that mean? Think of films like uh, Rosemary's Baby is what I've seen a lot of people compare this to as far as what's happening. And that's sort of the case. So, it starts out with these the, an older couple. You have a husband and a wife. And... Starts out very normal breakfast type scene. They open the door. They say, oh, she's here. And then they're dragging this lady in with a bag over her head, kidnapping her essentially. And so right away, you know, they get right into it. There's no big lead up to what's happening. It's just right away you know what you're getting. Who are these old people? Why are they doing this? So the uh, the, the two main actors is going gonna, is gonna to be the, the husband and wife team there. So the first one in the film, the Dr. Henry, the... He's played by Julian Riching, who I instantly recognized his face as the dude from Cube. So, my horror fans, I know you know what Cube and all the other Cube films that followed after. I'll probably do a review of those later because I really enjoyed those films a lot. But he's a guy from Cube. Uh, also, says that he was in The Witch and Shoot 'em Up. Shoot 'em Up's not a horror movie, but really great action film. If you haven't seen it, go watch Shoot 'em Up. Uh, it's a good movie. So, the the second one, the the Mima or his wife is Audrey, and she's played by Sheila McCarthy. 
Now, her face is also instantly recognizable, but I gotta tell you, I have no idea where I know her from. Checking out her films, she was in Die Hard 2, which I know I've seen a million times. Maybe that's why my brain is like, oh, I know this person, but I don't remember where I know her from. Or maybe she just looks like everyone around that age that acts in these films. I have no idea. But she does look instantly recognizable, and the two of them are fan. They absolutely make this movie what it is. They sell the movie, for sure. They they carry it if they were to got other people to do this film i don't know if it would have turned out the same i really think the two of them and how they work together how they uh you know portrayed the roles really took this film where it needed to go so we get we got this kidnapping as they take this (laughs) as they take this girl up that they're kidnapping you find out a couple of things one that he's her doctor she's pregnant they're they're uh testing to see they soundproof the room and you find out that they have this big plan and this is them putting that plan into action now uh, one of the things that's funny about the film and it does this kind of yin and yang thing through the whole film where it's uh, crashing these two things together where something really serious and drastic is happening like kidnapping a pregnant woman to them really just flying by the seat of their pants and trying <laughs> it's almost like they're trying something new so if you if you think about what I thought about was if if you've ever seen a um, a funny video of an elderly couple trying to use Skype for the first time or or some other type of new technology. They're just very awkward about it. They don't really quite understand how it works, but they're not stupid by any means. I mean, they've lived a whole life. They know how things work, but this whole thing is new to them. And that approach is how they take this whole kidnapping this girl. Now, why are they kidnapping the girl? Well, we find out that they're trying to resurrect their dead grandson through this lady's birth. So they're trying to put her, make her fetus their dead grandson so that he's reincarnated through her giving birth to that child. So how do they do this? Well, satanic rituals, of course. How else would you do it? So they, it even shows them going to like a, uh, a, a, I guess a Satanist club at at the, uh, at like the community center where they're meeting with different people and they're wearing their cloaks and got pentagrams and candles and all that kind of stuff. And it's, again, it's that yin and yang thing of something that's uh, heavy material subject matter or whatever compared to something that's really just kind of goofy. I mean, I, I guess modern day, you know, they're showing like some kind of modern day Satanism type cult thing and what that might be. I will say this because I've noticed some of the comments that said this on other reviews, uh, where people were saying, you know, that's not what Satanism is like. That's not what the religion is like or whatever there. Let me just say it's a movie. They're trying to portray this to be a certain way for the movie. I don't think they're making a big uh, to do or that they even care one way or the other about what the actual church of Satan or people who practice Satanism do. It's, it's for the movie. Okay. It's a movie. So they go, uh, to the Saints Club, they, they find this thousand year old book. Um, they, you end up, you end up getting all this just from them talking. He hunts this thing down and they start trying these rituals. <laughs> it's hilarious. The, the, the guy comes home to his wife. And again, they have this lady in there. It's like an attic type space, uh, that they've con- converted into a room and she's being held hostage. And the husband comes home and finds her outside and she goes, Oh, l- look what I've been doing. And she's got this dead crow on the back, uh, at the back of the house. She's on the ground or whatever. And she's reading some kind of something out of the book. And she's showing him 
essentially how to resurrect something. And it's funny because, you know, in most, uh, I guess, movies or, or rituals, whatever, it shows someone like cutting their hand or cutting their finger with a knife or something. She pulls out one of those uh, diabetic finger prick machines and pricks her finger with it and drops the blood on this bird and it brings it back to life. And the husband looks a little nervous because, holy crap, this is real. It's actually happening. And he, he says something along the lines of, I, I don't know if we should be doing this right away or I, I don't know if we need to be playing with this type of uh, spell or whatever you want to call it. And she's like, oh, well, I've been doing it all afternoon. And she's so proud of herself. And, and again, it's just this older couple messing with something that's new and trying to figure it out and seeing success. And again, it ties back to the desperation of this woman trying to get her grandson back. And, and you learn a little more later on in the story about how she was driving a car with her daughter and her grandson in it. I think she's the one that wrecked it. It paralyzed her. It paralyzed her daughter and killed the grandson. And that's why she's been so over the top and, and hell-bent on getting these things uh, or get, getting her grandson back. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, another interesting thing, too, that kind of sets the tone of this film is once they kidnap her, already this is crazy what you're seeing, but the the girl that gets kidnapped, she sees the dead grandson. Uh, she's having, like, visions of him or whatever, and she says, Jesus! And the little old, this little sweet old lady, she was like, oh, dear, we don't use that name in this house. So you see that she's fully committed you know this is even before they show like the satanist club and that they have this book that they're doing rituals out of so little things like that there's all these little tiny you know whether it's the dialogue or, or something they're wearing or how how they're you know performing a certain action that might just be a normal everyday task that lets you know these people are literally hell-bent on on their goal so uh let's see another part that i really liked was the different so as they start doing this ritual with this girl they end up opening some type of gateway for between the 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 dead and the living they open this gateway and this is how they're going to get the grandson back they don't really know what they're doing but anyway all these different ghosts and spirits and tormented souls start coming to this house and start scaring the shit out of people and i think they did really good with this that's one of the things I liked was if, if you've ever seen 13 ghosts, whether it's the old black and white one or, or even the new one, it's got all these different ghosts and demons, phantasm type things in it. And it's really cool to see all that. So, you know, your typical slasher film or, or ghost story might just have one or two and the whole story centers around them. Well, it's always cool when you can get a variety. So you see different types of evil entities. I, you know, that's something I really liked about it. You kind of get a little, little variety in your, your spooky elements there's a scene in there that reminds me a lot of the omen if you remember where the was that the omen where the girl kills herself she jumps off the church and and hangs herself uh for damien that's got to be the omen anyway there's a scene kind of like that so as they once they do this ritual weird things start happening around the house obviously with the ghosts and stuff but also people the living that show up to their house start to be affected. So there's this guy, that this real nice guy, that comes over to uh, plow the snow off their driveway. Well, he's got one of the mechanical ones that, you know, have the big blades on the bottom that chop up the snow and shoot it out of the top like, um, like, well, it's it, it ends up being a scene kind of like Fargo. This guy 
he ends up talking to him and he gets their attention. He says, hey, you know, you, you did the spell right or whatever. And then he throws himself in this thing and it shoots his body parts all over the front yard. And this is in the middle of the day. So, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's really, it's really a funny scene. It's actually a really cool scene too. Cause it just, as the film goes on, all these things keep happening that really hammered down like how serious this is all starting to get. And as this happens, the couple kind of slowly starts to descend more and more into this this lunacy of, of, of what they're doing and deeper and darker stuff. So it starts to kind of get away from them there and they decide they need some help because they've kidnapped this girl. She's gone missing. A couple of people have taken notice and this detective starts to, to, to investigate the doctor. She comes over to investigate the doctor. She comes over to the house. She finds the girl. She's about to arrest him and everything. And then she looks at the girl, says something supportive of this demon thing and then shoots herself in the head and then this event reoccurs over and over and over they're in some kind of weird purgatory right so she just keeps like walking in and shooting herself in the head i know that doesn't make sense as i explain it but it's a really cool part in the movie nice touch that's just you know just something different whoever thought of that that's genius that they made it keep reoccurring i just think that's really smart as far as something i haven't seen before i guess i don't don't guess i've seen anything like that so they decide they need some help. They call on a friend of theirs at the Satanist group. And this guy, this weird beard dude, the guy that plays that, and I'm sorry I don't have his name on here, but he did a great job. He did exactly what he was supposed to do with that role. You 100% believe this dude is some kind of weird, like, Satanist, murderous type dude. He's a he's a just a young, creepy... He, he fits the stereotype well. I'll say that. He fits the stereotype. So... He finds out they have this book. He comes over, sees the girl kidnapped, finds out what they did. He's a real arrogant fucking prick to these old people. But he wants what they have. He realizes that they actually have done part of this ritual and he wants to finish it because he finds out the demon that they're trying to get to come out called Sergat, 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 something like that. And I don't know if that's a real demon. I don't know if that's real lore, but he's apparently the gatekeeper between the dead and the living. He wants to finish the ritual, which will bring this demon back on earth, and he wants to serve him. So he's going to decide he's going to use these old people. And there's a scene where it shows this kid, uh, younger, I mean, maybe in his 20s, his kid to me. And he's in the basement, and he's arguing with his mom, who's trying to give him some food or something like that. And he's arguing with her about, you know, I'm not fucking hungry or whatever, while he's trying to prepare this ritual to bring this demon back to earth. So it's kind of funny, again, still dealing with serious stuff he comes over to the house this is getting a little rant this is this is going a little long i think anyway uh he gets over to the house long story short they kind of do the ritual thing he helps them out he's trying to bring the demon back but the old people screwed up of course because they're just you know fumbling with all this stuff they screw it up the the grandpa figures out that this kid ended up killing his parents or his mother before he came over there and he realizes that this is all crazy. It's all getting out of whack. Everything's getting out of hand. It's all to try to bring their dead grandson back. And it's just going way off the rails. Pregnant girl tries to escape. It ends up getting the Mima killed, which the husband is, you know, once that happens, he's that's all he's concerned about is her. And the, the demon guy ends up getting killed by one of the maniac spirits. And pregnant girl escapes all is well. That's the end of the movie. I just spoiled the whole fucking thing for you. I'm sorry. But 
see it anyway. It's super fun to watch. The reason I fly through it is because I want to talk more about the, the actual movie itself, the, the cinematography and some of the little elements that are in there that I thought just totally make this movie worth watching. The story and all that is very cool. It's, it has some different kind of elements in it. But the way it plays out and the, the, the mood, the tone, the, the cinematography stuff, it, it reminds me a lot of, for some odd reason, Drag Me to Hell. I don't, I don't know, but just the way it plays out is kind of has that same uh, cadence to it as it goes through the movie. But I want to also mention all the different framed shots that, uh, that the director did. Um, Dyke, I can't remember his first name. Uh, you can really see all the practices had, I guess, with all these Hallmark movies. If you've ever watched one, these framed shots, there's no accidents. Everything is placed just so, you know, like a hamburger ad or something. I mean, everything is there for a reason, that color for a reason, you know, positioned a certain way for a reason. I mean, most movies are like this, but you can really see it in these. They're very artistic, very... He, he did it in a way that added all the things that the actors couldn't if that makes sense that really tied this whole movie together the shots are fantastic there's these real tall walls and all the scenes I don't really know what that's about I'm sure there's some kind of you know I'm sure the director would say that has something to do with making you feel like you're more like encaged or in a pit or something who knows film critic people out there probably would be able to better dissect that than me but there's these real great tall walls and everything really hard vertical lines in a lot of these scenes um, and his usage of light. So I don't know if that, I mean, it has to be a director's choice because they have the final say, but their usage of light throughout the whole thing, it, it's really beautiful because again, with the yin and the yang uh, part of the movies where you have these, you know, really harsh elements dealing with these really goofy, realistic, you know, meek old people elements. Uh, the house itself is dark. The outside of the house is dark. The wood, the woodwork, everything that is painted dark, everything's dark. But there's a super bright, brilliant, bright snow everywhere. Also inside the house, there's windows everywhere. Almost every scene is full of windows. So here you have someone that's kidnapped inside this home and it's full of windows. And even though it's full of windows, even though it's the middle of the day, it's still super dark inside the house. And not because they've put, you know, blankets and all this stuff over the window. It's just how they use the light. The light that comes in is filtered in such a way that it darkens everything inside and you almost forget it's the middle of the day. So when they do walk out into this high contrasted snow, it's it's kind of a shock and you almost forget that, oh yeah, we're in the middle of, you know, a suburban neighborhood <laughs> in the middle of the day dealing with all this ridiculous uh, stuff. So I really enjoyed these framed shots, how they were put together and... Uh, one of the other elements, one of my favorite, uh, I, let's say my favorite line in the whole thing. So the kidnapped girl is talking to the grandpa and she's trying to reason with him to try to plan her escape. She's trying to play to his emotions and all this to try to get, you know, them to let her live after Jackson's born. And she's trying to, to wheel and deal with him. And he pretty much tells her that he's doing all this for his wife. His wife is the one who wants Jackson back. Because of guilt, it kind of messed with her head, and she started falling into this uh, depression to where she's had, you know, she forgot how it even all happened and all this kind of stuff. And he loves her so much that it, and it really makes you think of when people have uh, Alzheimer's 
and when someone has to deal with someone that not deal with but when someone has to care for someone that has alzheimer's it, it kind of is something like that in a way in a way and you just see that this guy just loves his wife so much he's willing to do anything for her and that's she is the driving force but it's because of his support and love for her that all this is happening i just thought that was kind of in a very dark way very sweet and I thought it was very enduring. And especially when you see an old couple, like when you see old people and they're like, we've been together for 52 years. You're like, holy shit, that's awesome. You guys are so sweet. And so uh, as she's dealing with him and as she's saying all this, he just turns to her and he says, you can't win a moral argument with me. I've already made a deal with the devil. And it's very matter of fact. And it's probably the coldest he is in the whole thing. And again, it's that, I hate to keep saying yin and yang. I wish there was a better <laughs> phrase for it, but it's just that high contrast of this meek old man. He's doing all this stuff, and then he just cold, straight tells her, I've made a deal with the devil. There's nothing you can say. You're going to die if that's what it takes to make her happy. And I was like, whoa, you know. So, su- super great line. Um, gives you a little chicken skin just talking about it. Super, it it's great. It's a great movie. So, uh, also, my favorite scene, I'll say, just to kind of wrap all this up, again talking about these framed shots and things that they use so uh spoil big big spoiler even though i've already told you the whole movie coming up they both die they both die and the demon pops out of the the dad or the grandpa's back dr henry's back and both these old people are laying on the floor while some other stuff is going on uh the pregnant lady escapes the house well as she escapes it it goes back to a very close-up scene of those two laying on the floor, and it doesn't even zoom in. It just cuts right to their hands, like, laying together. And um, let me think of how to describe this. Their hands are almost touching. It's, it's sort of like, uh, what is that painting? Uh, Michelangelo's uh, Adam or the creation of man or the creation of Adam or something like that. It's... It's almost like that scene, if you've ever seen it, where the fingers are almost touching, so it has these two hands that are almost touching. You can see his wedding ring. You can't see hers, obviously just because the hands that they decided to use. And I think just as the the shot is framed, if you would have done it where you could see both their wedding rings, it would be like thumb up, thumb down, and it wouldn't be as pleasing to the eye. So both their thumbs are up, but you can see his wedding ring, which I also think talks back to him loving her, her wanting her grandson back. You know, it's more about her for him. Anywho blood is pulling out of them and you already knew that from scenes before so as it shows this close-up of their two hands it shows blood above their hands from both of them that's pulling and coming together very very slow and it's coming together real slow in like this rounded shape it creeps together and then just lightly touches like a light little almost like a kiss it's got to be what he was getting at it's got to be because that's what it looks like it looks like these two puddles of blood come together and kiss and again it goes back to the they're together in the end or the love or whatever but that that scene for me just uh went in slow motion i just thought it was very cool little tidbit there at the end to kind of tie it all together the uh but yeah i mean that's what i thought i mean i really really liked this movie i thought it had the same kind of um effect and watchability as like i said the new 13 ghosts um drag me to hell it kind of had that kind of that kind of flair to it a little bit of a event horizon i guess where there's just a lot of different things going on that are kind of tied together but yeah give it a watch 
it's it's a good watch it's it's not super serious uh, as far as something you're going to think about later it's not going to sit with you you're not going to be able to not sleep or anything like that it's just good entertainment and if it's this director's first shot i can't wait to see what else he's got because man these are i just like i just really good film on shutter of all things you know i think it, it could have went to the movies especially with all the crap that's hitting the theater now so yeah give it a shot this is just james horror review Thanks for stopping by.